All right, praise the Lord. Say that hallelujah like you're alive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh-huh, the Lord is good. All right, quick, let's open our Bibles. Let's take the declaration of the glory of the Lord this morning. Again, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 10, one of my favorites. Jeremiah chapter 10. And we're reading from verse 6. And if you are there, say amen. amen. If you are not there, yes, say, please, can you wait for me? Okay, everybody should be ready now. One, two, let's go. There is none like you. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who will not fear you, O King of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. But they are altogether stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, their idol is wood. Beaten silver is brought from Tarshish, and gold from Euphrates. The work of a craftsman, and of the hands of a goldsmith. Violet and purple are their clothing. They are all the work of skilled men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earthquakes and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Thus we shall say to them, The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there's a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery, and the time of their punishment they will perish. The portion of Jacob is not like this, for the maker of all is he, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. If you believe the Lord is good, can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for guarding us again. We we'll give you praise. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Amen. <laughs> the reason why some people are laughing. It's because they are happy. <laughs> Our Father, if gathered us on a special day like this, hmm? to give us a blessing, we open our hearts to receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, because we know we will hear a word from heaven, we declare as follows that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. I said amen. The Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Let's quickly get into the teaching. Okay, now, so let's open our Bibles. We are going to start today from, where do we start from? I have two portions of the scriptures I want us to start from. All right, let's start from looking at Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. 
Deuteronomy chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from verse um, 5. I have about five verses to read there. We're beginning from verse 5. Moses said, See, I have taught you statutes and commandments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do thus in the land where you are entering to possess it. So keep and do them, for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as is the Lord our God whenever we call on him? Or what great nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as this whole law which I'm setting before you today? It says in verse 9, Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Now we'll stop reading in verse 9. But just to go over a few verses again so as to bring out the reason why we read this. So um, Moses said to them, after I gave them the instructions, he said, I have taught you statutes, judgments, that you should do these things in the land you are entering to possess. He said, keep them, for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes. And for that reason, they will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. That is, what marks you out as a unique set of people is the laws and the commandments you walk by. I hope you're getting my point. It is not the prosperity around you. There's a mistake we've made in modern day Christianity especially amongst those of us that are Pentecostals, like we call ourselves, faith people. We speak as if it's when people see our prosperity, they will come to our God. It's not true. Those guys have seen prosperity the type you have not seen. Yes, they have seen. They have seen prosperity. Oh, they've seen prosperity. It's not a competition of prosperity. They've seen prosperity until they are tired of prosperity. I mean, what do you call prosperity? They've seen money. They, they, look, what use is money? I told one brother, I went to preach, he came to see me. Young man, just finished NYC. He's a doctor. He said he went to say, NYC, posted him to the house. You know, like you go for NYC, they put you in the house, uh, a local government clinic. They put you in government house, they go and serve in state. No health center. No, he was posted to the house of a big man. You know what I said? His posting was where? The house. That is, where are you going to say? I wish I, I could. It's a name if I drop, you all know. So it's not even, a, if I tell you the man's name, you all know him. If you don't know him, then you are one of those who just came to Jerusalem who don't know what's been going on, you know, in eastern Nigeria. This guy who was posted to that man's house. A man who walked into, in the, just walked to NYC, sent me a doctor. Yes, sir. <laughs> Some people, are, you know, something happened the other time. Doesn't sound nice, but it has passed, so we can say it. 
Remember everybody was queuing and stripping themselves naked to collect money from bank. You saw that video, one woman just removed her clothes. If you don't give me money, I will complete the nakedness here. Ah, it's not my money. All of that. You remember that guy now? One big man. He called his bank manager. They took the whole, all the money for a branch. They drove it to his house and offloaded it there. You don't get my point. The guy went to CBN. CBN loaded his bullion van. Take to the branch and distribute to the poor. He got a call. He got a call. He called his, uh, his cash officer. Divert that vehicle. They drove the vehicle to one man's house. They opened the gate. They drove in, offloaded everything inside, and came back to the bank and said, There's no money. These are not people you want to impress with your come and believe your gospel because you have money. They are looking at you. <laughs> There's a reason why Satan is a god of this world. He came to Jesus Christ and said, All these things, eh? Yes, now. He said, they've been given to me. I will give them to you. Just bow and worship me. So please don't try and impress an unbeliever with your prosperity. They've seen prosperity. That brother I was telling you about, he said, when he lived in that house for, you know, NYS, about 10 months, you know, first month in camp, one month terminal leave. About 10 months he lived in that house. Treating household people. Are you getting my point? Wake up in the morning, a gas driver will come and say, I have backache. He will examine the guy, give him a prescription, give him a referral to go to hospital if necessary. That's all he was doing. He told me, he said, sir, after one year, I lost respect for money. That the guys had so much. He lost respect. It's not his money. He saw so much wealth. He said, I lost respect for money. And the guy talking to me didn't have a car, didn't have anything. He said, now I can never pursue money in my life. He said, I've seen it. And it's not worth it. There's one that said, told me that if you've seen a brand new Toyota in that house. He said, security man that is inside. So you won't find this guy dead in one of them. The only thing is, is the men riding Bentleys, Rolls Royces, stuff like that. Maybachs. So if a guy is going out, he's in, the, he's in the Maybach. He doesn't have time to say, come and lay hands on I just bought a new Land Cruiser. <laughs> you know, some of you now, if you buy Camry, now I must pray. <laughs> I will go down and lay hands. I'm going to delegate that job to Apostle. You want me to pray? Buy Bentley. <laughs> the Lord is good. What am I saying? So when the Bible says what we distinguish is not your wealth. He said it's the statutes and commandments. The judgments. That's what we distinguish you. It's the statutes, commandments, the judgments you walk by. That is the distinguishing principle that God has established. One day, I gave somebody money to buy a car for, me, for my wife. That was years ago. And that brother looked at me. I told him the amount of money. To, it, so there was a lot of story. You know, have, you, have you ever given somebody money and story starts? I've gone through that twice in my life. That was the first. The guy, story to this... I had given him more than 90% of the money he asked for to deliver a vehicle to me for my wife. He likes it more to, mm-hmm. every time, story, story, story. Now, that's not what I want to talk about. It's what one guy saw me, one brother. He said, Banky, you give somebody that kind of money and you are still sleeping. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, you are strong. I didn't think it was strength. 
I just said it's money. I'm not going to die because of money. He like, what? Ah, he said, you're strong. I didn't think I was strong. I just said, it's money. You're not going to remove my, you know, sleep and peace of mind. That's the guy I told that I'd already give him, this was Naira of those days. I gave him 1.2 million Naira. He asked me for 40,000 Naira extra to deliver my car. And I told him I'm not giving you a dime. People begged, give him the money. I said, no. Ah. I said, this is how they deceive people and keep on collecting your money forever. I said, me, I've cut my losses. I, I preach a message and they go and look for it. Take that loss. A lot of people don't know how to cut losses. There's somebody I'm supposed to call now who needs to take loss. Go make a phone call. I said, look, leave that thing. Invested money, invested money in something. It's not working. You want to use good money to pursue bad money. I told the guy, he said, please, sir, 40,000 naira and your, the car will be there. I said, bring the car first. I'll give you 40,000 naira. Everybody thought, the bank, see, just think about it. You know, you've given him 1.2 million. What you now need is how much? 40k. I said, lie, lie. I refused. I said, what he did not know is I, I, I had written off the 1.2 million. So this 40,000 in front of me now is my money. That 1.2 is your. I'm not going to give you my money now. Why, why am I telling the story again? It's because of what one brother said. He said, wow. He said, Banky, you are strong. I said, it's not strength. Simple wisdom. And I meant it. If he never brought my vehicle, after about a month or two, I'll write it off, write him off. I'll try and delete his number, block his number, don't call me again. You don't pursue him? No. Pursue him is more expensive. You don't, see, let me tell you the truth. Eh? Let me just tell you something you don't know. God has, you know, as I said, the Lord spoke to him with his strong arm, right? I've by a strong arm heard God. Don't let anything disturb your peace of mind. I fight for my peace of mind eh, aggressively. You keep me up awake at night and be praying to you because of ego. No, I'm leaving you. I'm not talking to you again. Some of you are chasing women. You want to marry a woman. She's not letting you sleep. You should know that you sin and your sin is catching you up, catching up with you. What's wrong with you? Any Angela you call two times does not return your call. Block that number on WhatsApp, on Facebook. Just block her. Say, God spoke to you. God didn't speak to you. You must be heading, heading evil space. Say, God spoke to you. And so one pastor, he go issue cryptocurrency. He said, God told him to do it. All his church members have lost money. He's spending money. He said, that's what God. America said, okay, whatever God says to you, you will go and hear it in prison. Telling me God spoke to you. The one that even annoys me more is women. Men are allowed to be mad. But if you're a woman, don't agree. Woman won't let you sleep. You never marry a woman. There are some things that you shouldn't give to a man you have not married. One of them is your peace of mind. You are the one who's staying up at night hoping he will call. He doesn't call for <laughs> People of God, very, very, I say unto thee, go to sleep. Let me tell you, say, let me, this is how you know that you will sleep well. Block the number. So even if you wanted to call, he won't be able to call. That way, you will not be able to expect the call. So what if it's the one God sent? Let him call your friend so that he can tell you, your, your friend will tell you, I've been calling you. And when a serious man wants to marry you, don't say that's the one God said to me will marry me, so I'm waiting for him to. I've never seen one that worked. Though. I've never seen one that worked. Those people that be waiting for people are not agreeing for them. 
I have not seen one that worked. Don't come and tell me one story of Cinderella. See. The Lord is good. Wait, this guy is looking at me. Let me tell you something about being a Christian. Eh? One of the marks of Christianity is the peace of mind you have when you let something go. God doesn't only give you things. He takes things from you. He, he, will, he just remove it. He, will, he, do, he does. People think that God, no, 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 no. God will come and, it's called pruning. Look at this, this thing is not good for you. And when you are pruning, go and check it, you cut a part of a living plant. It's not just a dead one. So when they cut you living, it's your pain. I've seen guys chasing women that don't want them. I think it's very stupid of you. But that is not as stupid as a woman waiting for a man who doesn't want her to chase her. That's madness. You know, we have to begin reminding people of some of these things. So I prayed and prayed. The Holy Spirit said to me, it's not an author of confusion. He said to you, he didn't say to her. I have seen people Holy Spirit spoke to before. Tell me, one man, minister in this town, he had never met his wife when he married her. Holy Spirit spoke to that one. Do you know what I said? He, had nev- he and the lady had never seen each other by the time they prayed bride price. The families had exchanged this, exchanged everything, had given the, who gives this girl to this guy in marriage? The father had agreed. They've done every traditional rights. He had never seen her. After they don't marry and to run, finish. She now traveled to where he was. Like an Indian. That's how they did it. When he told me the story, the story is in my book. Um, should I say yes? As I said, look, people say arranged arrange marriages. Okay, who told you? Arranged marriage is the will of God. It's the will of God. That is what it's the best thing. Arrange it. My brethren will gather together and say, Kai, this children do. Ah. Just look at him. Say, put the okay in charge of the committee. They will just give him a suit, wear that suit. Meet us, it's also a so church. Say, so when you get there, he said, he won't say, do you say, you do take this woman? <laughs> you will like it, why would you like it? Uh-uh. Like that brother I was telling you about, you know what happened to him? His friend called him and said, how far? He knew he wasn't married. If he was married, he would know. He said, is there any, anything going on? The guy said, no. He said, good, I have found a wife for you. Told him straight, I know the kind of woman you like. This woman will be good for you. Told him everything. And so the, the guy gave the Lord a few signs. The signs jailed. He asked one little question. The guy gave him a positive answer. He said, go for it. They chased the woman on his behalf. He was a missionary somewhere. They chased the woman on his behalf. Got her on his behalf. He and the lady only. And they talked to her. Look, okay, please, you are going to marry one man of God. He said, yes, uh, yes, you know, you will like him. I'm telling you. They, just, they told her everything. Showed her his picture. He never saw her picture. The only picture of he, her they could send to him was not a good one. She was in a crowd and she was not looking at the cameraman. 
The guy said, don't worry, you like her. Don't worry. And he liked her. The Lord is good. How did I get there? Peace of mind. Peace of mind. One of the reasons you should know that somebody that you have been chasing is not the will of God is she took away your peace of mind. Your salary was enough for you until you met her. Suddenly you, you start feeling poor. You never felt poor in your life until Angela came into your life. So if your name is Angela, sorry, Angelina, I wanted to say, that's better so that you won't think it's you. Angelina is not a common name again. After, since that you've been feeling poor, you've been going around, you've been feeling broke. You enter KK with joy and gladness in your heart too. You didn't feel inferior to anybody. Now you are going to Angelina's house. You drop at the beginning of the street and track the rest. You're, you're under judgment. Honestly, iniquity is catching up with it. Listen, ride the keke to her doorstep. Wait. Make sure she comes out first before you pay. So that her father will see how you came. Her mother will see how you came. They don't like it. That's their problem. A man of God. Loved by God. How can Jesus love you and one person won't say he doesn't like you? Who, 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 who blind? Who are you? <laughs> who are you? What sense? All my growing up life, I've never understood why I might be having sleepless nights because you want to chase a woman. When you don't read your Bible, that's what happens. When you're on Facebook, can you imagine a man on Instagram? What are you doing there? <laughs> Scrolling past photos. They are turning like this for you in photos. And you are looking. Effeminate men. They are 50 generation. This is the time they put the earring in their ear very soon. You should know what is made for who. They didn't make Instagram for guys who are going somewhere. They want to sell something, they post it and move on. Have you ever seen a man eating and photographing himself? His head is not correct. How can a man be eating from front and post on Instagram? And so one of my guys, he go to America, he's now food sent to us. All of us, he didn't all of us think he's not normal. He says, see us with the chop for here. He said, God. <laughs> there are some things that don't belong to some age group. Even if you eat the food, see that you tell no man. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not joking. Says, Gredge. <laughs> God can never talk to you if food can talk to you. <laughs> Do you know what I said? You'll be deaf to the voice of the spirit if food is tossing you up and down. Let me say, I've told you there are some places I shouldn't find you. If I see you posting yourself on Instagram, are you a man? I will deliver you. Say, but ladies, do it. That's what I'm saying. You shouldn't do it. You are not a feminine. It's known that men populate YouTube. That's where they stay. Most of the content on YouTube is made by men. Everybody has his own thing. That's what I'm trying to explain. And when you spend all your energy on Instagram, that's why you can't hear God again. That's why Angelina will not let you sleep. You'll be dreaming of her. You don't know that it's a picture you have been seeing. Some people now, they've been, they, they want a woman who can stand and cook for two days. Because one man of God said, this is my daughter in the Lord. Nonsense. I mean, the Lord is good. <laughs> Look, I got my peace of mind. That's what I'm going to make. God did. Because, you see, I've told you before, see, 
But this is a revelation I caught over the last few years. When you want to strategize for, like one of the things you must do is strategize for good sleep. Invest money in a good bed. I hope I get my point. Try and put an AC there if you can. If you can. If you can't, don't stress over it. I hope you get my point. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice some other things. Make sure that you can sleep well. Many people say that God is talking to them. See, if you are not sleeping and God is talking to you, you are confused. I know some things I say, people say, ah, yeah, I know what I'm telling you. If you are not sleeping regularly, you'll be hearing all kinds of things. You think it is God. Some people are always awake between 12 and 5 a.m. praying or 2 a.m. I hope that is not of God. If you are doing it, better stop it now. Uh-huh. <laughs> look at the way he's looking at me. Don't worry, I'm used to that kind of look. Most times between 12 and 5, you should be asleep. It's only occasionally you rise up to go and spend that whole number of hours in prayer. Even if it's God you are praying to, I'm telling you, if you never sleep, you'll be stressed. And when you are stressed, look, the neurons in your brain will be jamming. God will say, don't go. You will hear go. To those of you that will go, you won't eat for three days. At the end of the third day, God spoke to me. I can't believe you. Why would I believe you? When your brain is misfiring. No, I'm telling you. On the third day of the fast, this very, very fast, I'm not talking about normal fast. There's godly fast. Godly fast is that you rose up early, you took time out, you fast, you, that is, this is what they call fast. You know, you are praying, you are studying the word, you are worshipping, alright? And then after some hours, maybe you take a small break, and then you eat. The next day you continue like that. I don't have a problem with that. But if you don't eat at all, on the third day, the fourth day, angel now appeared, I'll be looking at you with suspicion. I'll be looking at you with suspicion. Especially when you are the one that started, you determined, I will never believe you. What if I'm correct? Eh, it will prove with time. But most people like you are never correct. And then they, they thought it not said that. At the end of the day, the Lord not said to me, my son, uh, do not be afraid. I said, I could have told you in the first one hour. My son, do not be afraid. Were you supposed to be afraid before? If you gave me any special revelation, I'm not going to that church. What's my reason? My reason is that when you have disorganized, when your brain is firing with ketones, no, 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 no glucose again, things are shunting up and down, you'll be hallucinating. You think angels are speaking to you. Oh, what am I trying to say? Strategize for peace of mind. That's what I'm saying. Strategize for what? Peace of mind. Any woman that you haven't mind that's taking peace of mind away from you is a sign that God hasn't sent you. And, is this, and if you say, what if, then it's not your time. Go away. The blessing of God makes rich. It doesn't, have this, it doesn't add disturbance of soul to it. That's the point I'm making. So what distinguishes us, we've been saying, as Christians... It's not that we have so much money. It is what? The commandments, the laws, the statutes, the judgments that we live by. You are in the office, salary is delayed. Everybody is grumbling and grumbling and grumbling and you are not grumbling. Do you follow what I'm saying? People are worried. They say dollar is going through the roof. It doesn't worry me. Why are you not worried? You have money stacked up somewhere. Actually, I don't. So why are you not concerned? Okay, so what should, okay, 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 okay. What should I not do about it? So what are you planning to do? Nothing. I've left my future in God's hands. That is what distinguishes people. 
Gave you the testimony of my life. My mother referred to it years after, years after. I went to school, picked up my call-up letter for NYC. And I saw it, Taraba State. Never heard of Taraba State in my life. Maybe I just heard it in passing. When I, when, my, when I go home, my mother said, where were you posted for NYC? I said, Taraba. She had never heard of Taraba. Never. She didn't know there was a state in Nigeria called Taraba State. Why? It had just been created. And of course, how many people stick in their heads the name of a new state when it's you know, diagonally opposite to where you are living? She was in western Nigeria. Taraba is in... Um, was well, not northeast. Yes, now. Yes, northeast. That, that side. Uh-huh. It was created from, if you are long, if you are old enough, you know Gongola. They split Gongola into two, created Adamawa and Taraba. My mother knew Gongola, never heard of Taraba. So I now told her that, no, it came out of Gongola State. We now have Taraba and Adamawa. Her exact words were Taraba. Where is that? That's in Yoruba. Where is that one? So she sat down. You could see she was weak. Strength left her. I said, what are we going to do? I said to her, we? We are not going to do anything. I am going to pack my bag. I am going to enter in Vegu tomorrow morning, and I'm going to come. She referred to it years later. She said, you have a way of putting people's mind at rest, or someone's mind at rest. Say, I remember that day you came with your call-up letter. I was so worried. So you confidently picked your bag and told me bye-bye. She remembered it. Say, ah, you have a way of putting someone's mind at rest. What distinguishes you, I've been saying, is the statutes, commandments, you know, judgments that you walk by. And that's what, most, that's what Solomon was saying here. No, most Solomon, sorry. Moses. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. I've said it again and again. What has made God feel so bad, and I know, I felt like that too, in this our country, is where we have reacted when crisis will come. When election is coming. When things are happening. We react just like the people of the world. I was on radio, one of them, not this last election, that's the one before that. And I was t- t- talking to people, was World versus World on Sunday morning. And I was advising people on what to do concerning. I wrote an article then, in the time of elections. I added that article into the back of that book that I wrote during this last election, which is, um, towards this last election, which is, um, let us agree. I added it there. And I explained what God expects from Christians in the time of democracy. One man called, he says, things like this that I'm saying, that makes them rule over us. So I need to know who is them, who is us. Apparently you and I are not in the same group. Because I'm not being ruled over by anyone but God. I told him that, when he finished talking, I, okay, he's calling, thank you very much, I don't agree with your point. Next caller, no, there are things you don't, no, there are things you don't, um, you don't amplify by discussing it. I have made my point, but I don't have time to agree with you. To, de- to argue with you. Because if I argue with you, you have more time to spew out your nonsense over the airwaves. I'll be the one popularizing the rubbish. No. But what do, see, why do I say the things I say? Why, why is my attitude like that? It's because, of course, simple. Let's take that election thing as an example. I've understood from the scriptures that God rules in the affairs of this nation. That he hands the kingdom over to whomsoever 
he chooses. It is his decision. It is not INEC's decision. It's not any political party's decision. I understand that thing so well. Somebody asked me this afternoon now. I think, okay, one of you guys asked me. What do I think of America's next election? I gave my opinion. I told this, this is the person I think might win. Is it popularity? I said, no. Now, don't guess who it is. All right? Why? I was referencing something else which I think may have come from heaven. So no matter what you are campaigning or not campaigning, it is who God says we win that we win. And it's what God says you will do, you end up doing. Because he chose what you will do before he chose you. You were chosen to fit what you will do. Even if you end up being a wicked person, God knew you would be wicked. So what distinguishes us, we've been saying, is the statutes, the instructions, the commandments, the judgments that we walk by. He said, I've taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me. That you should do thus in the land where you are entering to possess it. Let me remind us what I said last time. We read what Elihu said. He said, no one sees where is God my maker. Who makes us wiser than the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. That is, what distinguishes the species of living beings. Alright? Is wisdom. And we said there's, there are two categories of human beings. There are what? There's homo sapiens. Adamus. That's natural man. And then there is Homo sapiens, what? Christus, that's the regenerated man, the new man in Christ Jesus, made after the will of God. He said this one was born, not of the will of flesh, but of the will of God, born of the spirit. It's important that no matter what potential God gives to you, if you don't understand his wisdom, you will never manifest it. Do you hear what I said? No matter what the inherent abilities that God has placed in that new man that you are in Christ, except his wisdom is taught to you and you are walking by that wisdom, that power will never manifest. We should bear that in mind. And that's what we have been looking at. So what is the wisdom of God? Let's go on into it. I want to explain something today. And that's the fact, of, uh, the fact that the wisdom of God is not scientific. It's not something you can teach to people who don't believe. I hope you're getting my point. It's not something you can teach to those who don't believe. Somebody recently did a, a, a review of the life of uh, Mohandas Gandhi. That's Mahatma Gandhi. And he tried to prove that the man was... Um, anyway, he tried, he tried to bring out a negative side of him. Okay? Because there have been some riots, some places, they said they should pull down his statue. Like in South Africa, the blacks said they should remove his statue. They don't want him. They don't like him. That he was not a good person. Now, I'm not saying anything about it. I really don't care. It's difficult for you to judge a man 100 years later. It's very hard. So, let's leave that thing. Alright? <laughs> you are not there. I've told you before. Look, if you, go, if you are there where David was living, you wouldn't like David too. When he said, God said, a man after my heart. We, we take his word for it. Are you okay? I hope I get my point. So, I'm not trying to judge anybody here. Alright? But there was something they said that Mahatma Gandhi... Advocated, and of course, he was a, an advocate of this um, non-violent resistance. That he actually said that what the British needed to do to handle Adolf Hitler was to not fight back. 
That if Adolf Hitler comes and says, this is what he wants, I give it to him. Just refuse to be his subject. That's the only thing he has allowed to do. If he says, pack out of your homes, pack out of the homes. They said he said so. I didn't say, <laughs> they said he said so. When I was reading this in my mind, how foolish. And one of the things he says is that that was what Jesus said to do. Now, let me tell you something about what Jesus said. Just get something clear. Let's not get confused. I've heard preachers say, Jesus said, whosoever, whoever. Whoever means whoever. When you say whoever, what does that mean? Whoever. Listen, anytime you say whoever, you have to check who you are talking to. On what occasion. If I come into my house now and say, look, whoever wants to eat in this kitchen should not be restricted. My children automatically means whoever does not include my dog. Okay, say the dog is not a human being. They know it's not a stranger from outside. They, without saying further, they know that I'm referring to those who live in the house. They know. You don't need to explain that. Uh, what I mean is only those who live in this house, who stay here, who bear this name. I don't have to tell them. If I say whoever, whoever was spoken in my sitting room, there's a context instantly. When Jesus is speaking, ask yourself, who is he talking to? But all the deep things, he never spoke them apart from to his disciples. So please, let's get that clear. Where I'm going is this. When Jesus gave those words of wisdom, he knew the natural man cannot receive them. He knew. He told you clearly, these are the things Gentiles seek. He will never preach that to Gentiles. He will never tell Gentiles, don't worry about tomorrow. Say, hey, hey, wait, if you don't worry about tomorrow, who worry about it? <laughs> Gentiles are meant to worry about tomorrow. That's why he keeps on saying, but you. He knew what he was saying. He knew he was bringing a principle. He kept on telling him, your heavenly father. He turned to some other people. You have your father, the devil. So he knew there were different kinds of fatherhood around him. He knew there were different kinds of offspring. People, offspring of different kinds of fathers. So when he said, you know, your father in heaven, automatically, that narrows down the people he's talking to. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, this is why I'm emphasizing this. The wisdom of God is not scientific. It's not something you can reproduce the outcome in the laboratory all the time. For that reason, it's not something you can teach to people who are not believers. And they will expect certain results. What is the wisdom of God? I'll tell you. The wisdom of God is a way by which we release the power of God. It's not like, you know, last time I ended with that. We're not saying that um, the wisdom of God tells you how to jog. The wisdom of God can be, listen, as an example. Simple things like, don't rise before this time. Pray in the morning. I know people have tried to find scientific explanation for how it works. But that's not actually what is going on. If the wisdom of God says to you, stay here and pray. What he's saying is that that is the time the power of God will come into your life. You don't start a school on when to stand and pray. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's not something scientific that you go and repeat every time and you get the same results. No. Because in the words themselves, in the letters, there is no power. So Jesus said, the flesh does what? Profits nothing. The flesh is not bringing out anything. He says, the spirit. So whatever words you hear, whatever actions you are taking, if they are not connecting you to the spirit of God, they won't, get, they won't do anything. I'm going to read something in a moment. I'd like to quote R.J. Lutudo here. See, let me just say this. Eh? That's why you have to be careful you are following in life. Very important. If they say, I was following those people, I was following those people. 
When I go to the area of Jordan. <laughs> Jordan is not a serious river. Once you just touch Jordan like this, it will just dry up. So you pack everything, you rush, rush into the Jordan. A lot of you will drown. Next time you are leaving Egypt, they say, go this way, this way. They say, why are you going that way? That, they say, don't worry. That river, and that sea, once you approach, it will part. I was the, see, what are you saying? I was the, I was one, I, I carried load, eh, for Hosea Isaiah at that time. You remember Reverend Hosea Isaiah? I was one that carried his load. As we were running away from the Egyptians, the Red Sea opened. Mm. We passed through. What happened? Now, so the Red Sea be. So you write a book on how to escape the Egyptians by way of the Red Sea. There's no problem. Next time you are run, you run in that direction. That is when the sea will give you what the, what the Englishman, is it Bible or Englishman that gives you its swell? It will swell. You know, you know it can swell that time. Then you run into it, you drown. You don't run into it, Pharaoh's army will catch you and kill you. What is your problem? You went to the Red Sea when Moses was not leading you and God did not speak to you and Moses. And it's in the Bible like that. When the Egyptians tried it, they drowned. The same place that Moses passed through. When they tried, what happened? They drowned. So when we say the wisdom of God is you take your staff and raise over the Red Sea. Oh boy, a number of things must be in place. One, you must be the people of God. Heading for the promised land, led by Moses, who God wants to deliver from Egyptians. If you are the one that God wants to kill by the hand of the Egyptians, if you like, cut all the trees in your neighborhood and lift over the sea. You know, the Egyptians are just going to stop for a few moments and say, what's going on? <laughs> so just watch. It will soon part. It's not parting anything. God's wisdom helps us release the power of God. Just get that perspective right. It doesn't have to make sense. And that's one thing about God's wisdom. It does not make natural sense. And one major problem we have in Christianity today is in trying to make sense out of God's wisdom. I passed through that phase too. Because, you know, let me give some, an example now. Or this is how it used to work in my life. God gives you confidence. You try to rationalize it. You know, it took a long time for me to realize that I've been working actually by faith, not by, let me put it this way. It was almost as if there's a wisdom that can be explained that I've been walking by. And so I tried to explain to people many times why I'm doing what I'm doing. That it makes a lot of sense. It took years before I finally realized why I was getting into too many arguments. What I was doing and what I do till now in many areas don't make sense. You can't explain it. You can't convince anybody. You can't convince anybody. There's no point trying. I can only explain my actions to those who are trying to learn the faith of God. Some people have all kinds of explanations. Say, hey. you know, because um, <laughs> there's a proverb from Western Nigeria. They say the old man knows what he has eaten. No? Before he tells you, that's enough. You know, somebody wants to eat now. You know, you can't say. You want to serve. You bring out the plate. First dish one heavy spoon of rice. You want to put another one. He said, that's okay. So I have a proverb that says that don't copy him. He knows what he has eaten. That he has already lined his stomach before coming. So don't think that he doesn't eat much. He eats much. You know, before he left home, he has gone through beans and yam. So two spoons of rice, he's okay. What does that proverb say? Be careful who you are copying. That there are certain things they have that they are not disclosing to you. 
Now, if you look at it properly, it's actually correct. But when people use it, they're trying to say that, ah, this man says not worried about money. You don't know how much inheritance his father left for him. I don't know whether you're getting my point. But if you interpret it well, it's actually correct. As in, I have the inheritance that is in Christ. And that, because I'm sure of it, teaches me not to worry. But the natural person will say, some of these people are very smart. Too. Do you know when he started investing in the stock market? Most of his investments are in dollars. You don't know. He tells that God will take care of him. They know what they have eaten. I've had arguments with people. Those, I don't do that anymore. Now, when you talk, I'll just smile. Ah, you have hidden something somewhere. I said, now, so tell us now. We agree to hide your own there. If I tell you now, you know, go agree. If I tell you now that I hid it in Christ, will you agree? You'll say I'm lying. So why are you asking me? You know, I found out a lot of Christians, eh? They still believe in material things more than spiritual things. Yes, I've heard preachers preach. I was somewhere, one preacher was preaching one day. He said that, he told people that uh, because of removal of first subsidy, they have to quickly rush now. I'm going, this one subsidy just left. I'm going to buy things because the price of things are going to go up. Somebody said, God will take care. He said, this problem with you people, you will now go hungry. But because the man is older than me, and I couldn't really couldn't ask that kind of question. I wanted to approach him and say, God, excuse me, with all due respect, how much can you buy and keep? How long will it last? This forest subject will be gone for a long time. If you convert your whole house to a store of food, you think it won't finish? And I felt like saying, okay, do you realize you are directly contradicting what Jesus said? When I say price is going up, eh? I've learned, I don't rush out again. I've rushed out before. Don't think I was born wise. Oh. <laughs> Pastor Bank, I just like, hey, bros. <laughs> we learned obedience also through the things that we suffer. God has been very good to me in this my life. When I say God has been good, I mean, eh, he has corrected me. I can't start telling you stories. Since I was a child, it's not I realized that, listen, parents, please teach children the word of God. One of the earliest corrections I learned in my life, I think I was like nine years old, and I remember it till today. I didn't even know God was on my case. But I remember it till today. It had to do with pen. 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 I bragged on pen. And God made sure I didn't have one I needed. And I had to beg and borrow from the person I bragged to. A friend of mine. I was not up to, I don't think I was up to 10. I bragged. I told him when I was seven. I bragged against my friend. We used to call him pastor. The guy was very bad in playing table tennis. And I opened my stupid mouth. Stupid with capital S. Every word in the uppercase. Every letter. I opened my stupid mouth and bragged to him. That is not a matter of prayer. He can never beat me in table tennis. So the guy said, let us play. This is a guy who I could beat with one hand tied to the back. Wearing sunshades with one side painted black. I could beat him. He trashed me well. I put in all my effort. And God was looking like, Banky, say that again. We finished playing. He won. And we both walked away from there and we never spoke about it. <laughs> in case you do not know, I finished NYC in 1993. I have not forgotten it till today. It's a lesson in my life. The, I told you, I'm telling all of this to let you know that when I say that some of the things I learned, I read the scriptures, is mindful that we are but flesh. We disobey it, God said, let me help you learn it well. 
when they say they are going to raise the power tariff, they will raise it, they will raise it, they will raise it. I quickly went and bought, listen to me, I bought power units of 100,000 naira. Because, uh, okay, no problem, come and use it. I use it now. I, I couldn't use it. I loaded it was inside. One day I was in my house, my power went off. I came out, somebody had disconnected my power. This official was on my pole. What is, what is going on? They say your, your meter has burnt. In fact, no, I wasn't there. I think it was Akundu that called me. That it was at home. Daddy, there's a problem. I said, what's the problem? Say, this people just came out and had to disconnect. I said, how can, I'm on prepaid meter. I recharged then. You know what I'm talking about? 100,000. That was about two years ago. Ah. So I jumped into my car, rushed down home. They had left my street. So I traced them to the next place where, where they were. Met the woman who was in charge of the team. Mother, what is going on here? He said, your meter has flashed. And that's our procedure. When it flashes, we disconnect. So you come to our office and apply for that. I had to bring out my phone and show her evidence of transactions that I put in 100,000 naira because of anticipated rise. She looked at me. She had compassion on me. I said, madam, it's wicked. You know the way they, those are very wicked. Go punish some of them. I'm telling you. They're very wicked people. They come and disconnect you on a Friday. And in case people are listening to this, I'm a man of God, though. Stop that nonsense. So, well, pressure is very bad. So, if anything goes wrong, you're in darkness till morning, and they did not tempt you into doing iniquity. Which would be, they are the ones that will not help you do it. Too. I think it's pure wickedness. You want to disconnect on Monday so that we can solve this thing latest by tomorrow morning. So, I told the woman, this is Friday. After a long time, she looked at me and told the guys, go and reconnect. The guy said, lie, lie, he will not reconnect. So she told me, don't bother. If, she doesn't, if he doesn't reconnect, I give him a query. So I shouldn't worry myself. So I drove away. The guy went and reconnected. That 100,000. I don't think I ever saw it. I was now an estimation. Where Tor Reverend? Tor Reverend is the one that God finally used. Because you know, God has blessed me in this life. That woman even played him while you. Because he argued that we recharge this thing with 100k. The woman said, I can't see it. She was lying anyway. We had to negotiate as if I didn't pay 100,000 naira. I'm telling you the truth. I made my wife do the same thing in our place. I go give evil advice. You know what happened? God wanted to save them. They bought, I said, look, they, they want to increase the tariff. So they bought a 5,000 naira unit, you know, code. They put that one in and bought another 50,000. But as God will have it, the guys supposed to have had not loaded it. Then the 5,000 that's supposed to normally last about a week or four days, five days at least, it finished like 12 hours. Ah, what's going on here? So they had to keep the 50,000 units and then start trace, started tracing and no one could trace where the power was disappearing to. We went to EED's office. They came there. They looked and said there's nothing wrong with the meter. They think something. They, there's no talk. We didn't talk. We did all kinds of tracing. I called one of my guys, an electrical engineer. He wired all the initial MTM base stations you know in Enugu. He was the one that set all of them up electrically. I called him. Oh boy, this is the issue I have. He gave all the counsel. I called my brother, my younger brother, who you know. He's also an engineer. They gave all the advice they had. We couldn't trace it. For those who know, if you're an electrical person, you get my point. When you switch over to generator, you won't notice anything. We'll put everything off, flip the gen on. The gen will not shake. There's no drag on it. I said, so where is the current leaking to? It took more than six months 
to accidentally find out one day. They had to rewire the top of the building to bypass all the electrical connections that they were not using surface wires. I was looking at myself. I said, God, you're, when you want flock person, eh, reduce and small. This punishment is too much. I knew it was me. He said, oh, maybe you want to panic. Hey, go and panic now. I did that. Those two things in one week. I've not forgotten till today. So today, now to me, that they are increasing fuel price. I drive past the station like I didn't hear you. No, no. I have my because now so engine they take knock. But it's the next thing now. See, I know me and God. Though, what He has done to me. Sometimes I will, look the kind of thing I would do. I would stop in front of the station like this and buy water and drive off. So a guy you know go buy for he's going to double in price tomorrow. Say so I'll be back the day after tomorrow. Say, so God is not giving me money, he's giving me fuel. What I'm going to say is that it's not cash that's his problem. If I need fuel, I will beg him for fuel. God's looking at me like, you think I go broke up there? The problem I have with all of his unbelief. He taught me that lesson. I'm telling you, these two things happened in one week. Because, I know to now make it worse, they did not change that tariff for the next one year. Oh, they didn't even change it. Though. All it was rumor. I heard rumors and I panicked. The tariff was not touched. They left the tariff. With all the giddy, 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 I lost my meter. It was six months later or so, or 18 months later, somebody was just walking past in that building. I wanted to pick something. I felt the wall, wall was warm. Make it also, that's what we finally detected. Was shunting all the letters into the wall. Why it never affected the generator, and the engineer may know, but we don't know. I learned my lesson. I had to pay money to buy another three-phase meter in my house. So since then, if you tell me that, hey, what I was going to discuss from tomorrow, I will go and sleep I didn't, like I didn't hear you. I will go and sleep like I didn't hear you saying anything. Say, buy it now. Buy land. Buy land. The price is going up. See? Let me tell you, the wisdom of God is not common sense. I'm not telling you that you see uh, economics have... No! We activate the power of God. When they put in my office, they say, come and buy land, come and buy land, come and buy land. I say, okay, it's, not, it's good now. Buy, buy it as a land community. I say, okay, we'll build a house that is good to buy and live in. Some who are having meetings, I realize that all of them were not planning to build anything. They just wanted to speculate. You believe? I walked away. I said, I'm not a land speculator. So the price will go up. I said, brethren, you have to understand my life is not a game of chance. Everybody rushed. Down. I said, I'm not the buy. Hey, you know, the money now is not, it's, uh, everything is going to cost now. It's 1.5. We don't know. By the time we finish, it will be 10 million naira. It's not a lie. I operate by the wisdom of God that says, don't worry about tomorrow. That's what the wisdom of God says to me. Don't have worries about tomorrow. One of the things we have done is that when we don't want to call it worry, we call it planning. Planning and worrying are the same thing. Telling you, and what I've said now, don't be arguing with me, just believe, just say amen to what I said. All those your 10 year plans, they are worried plans. There are times you have to strategically live carelessly. I'm not the one that told him that one man of God, every December, he makes sure he empties his account. Okay, those of us that didn't empty our account, you know what happened? The value dropped by 50% in the space of less than two years. So, is the man who empties not better than us? I'm telling you the truth. Look, I, I'm t- <laughs> we're talking God's wisdom. We're not talking common sense here. That's what I have learned now. If you tell me, hey, rush, buy this price, is going up. Everybody bought that land that time. Yesterday, I sat down in my house. I don't know how my, my name is on the list. They, say, they call emergency meeting. 
for a problem on that land with state government, as I love him. So everybody gather. There's one address they give on this road. Everybody should come and gather if you are among those who bought the land. I'll be hearing one issue after another. Your guy offered me his own some time ago that I need to raise money for something. Do I want to buy? I said, let me think about it. Of course, the price had gone up a bit. After I finished thinking, I said, man of God, I don't think I'm interested. Why didn't I buy? I asked my what will I do with it? I have noticed something about me. Let me tell you why I cannot be a thief. See, it's not of, it's not of discipline. It's not as of, you know, you're a man of God, you know, you're a child of God, you know, the, he that is born of God does not sin. This that is born of God, this one, cannot. Because, if you see what God has done to me in life, eh? You'll be silly, as I'm here, you'll be feeling sorry for me. I've learned, so when you say, come and steal, I say this stealing. Okay, remember one brother I told you about? Yeah, that would be perfect. That's how my life would be if I'm the one. I, when he said it, I understood. He said one day, he will hear, hear me preach that they had a trick by which they steal money from ATMs. He and his friends. ATM machines. So one day they did the deal, did some things. He made small money, about 8,000 naira. I can't remember exactly, and I've told this story before, but let me just say 10,000 to make it easy to calculate. So he went to withdraw the money from the ATM. And the ATM dispensed five notes. No, 10 notes of 500 naira each. How much is that? Five, instead of what? 10,000. Normally you enter the bank and complain. He entered his car and went away. He knew what was going on. He said, but you know this flesh, very strong. Mammon. He didn't learn his lesson. He came back another day. He and his friends did it again. He made about um, 11,000 naira. This time I went to the ATM, drew the money, 11,000 came out complete. I can't remember the exact sum. I'm just giving you figures now. As he turned to leave, his phone fell. And the screen broke. And he spent 13,000 to replace the screen. He just stole 11,000. And he spent 13,000. And he heard, he didn't hear a voice, but he knew. The message was clear. That is your last warning. So he, by himself, he wrote a letter or mail. Or God, see what you have done to me. I don't steal again. He said, because he just knew that the next one. And like I told you, listen, that's the kindness of God. Those who will be destroyed permanently, God won't see anything. Those who will be destroyed, God won't see anything. They will be hardened. But this one, God has shown him one sign, second sign. The guy now wrote and said, I have stopped, sir. I know they do again. I don't even doubt it, you know. I can't even... Anyway, thank God that it's the spirit that's not allowing me to doubt it. I don't even doubt it. If I try something like that, worse is what will happen to me. So when you say, Pastor Banky does not steal, don't think it's out of self-discipline alone. It's out of the literal, literal, literal fear of God. Look, you know what about fear? Fear is not reverence. So. You know, we saying that you just reverence him. Let us begin to fear God right now. Oh, Father, we fear you. <laughs> we fear you. <laughs> we fear you. You know, they sing fear. <laughs> they live fear. Let me tell you what fear is. Panic. Terror. That's what fear is. Dread. The fear of God, they say you don't fear God like you fear a serpent. No, 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 no. You fear him more than you fear a serpent. If serpent bites you, anti-venom will kill it. If you get it on time. If God bites you, you're dead. When you talk about fear, fear is literal. Please, let me say this, because this is one teaching we spread around the body of Christ that is so wrong. Say, so you don't fear God the way you do. 
God has given me the privilege of raising a number of children. Look, you know all of them. One of the things God taught me early in life, he helped me, was to teach them to fear me and love me at the same time. I won't mention which one of them. One day, one of them did something. My wife said, I'm going to tell daddy. The guy weed on the spot. You don't get my point. He didn't know. My wife just said, I'm going to tell daddy. The guy just weed right there. I've seen some of these children begging their mother, no, not daddy. No, please, please. I swear, it will not happen again. I promise you. I promise you. All she said is, I'm going to tell daddy. Like, no, do you have to tell him? No, no, you don't have to. You know, we can settle this thing. Mother to son, let's settle. I've seen them do it. Yet, all that while, when they were small, it did not stop them, all right, from jumping on my back if I kneel on the ground. It didn't stop them from jumping on my bed, entering like, <laughs> let me not mention their names. Oh, jumped on my bed. He said, Daddy, how come you are the one that has a cool bed in this house? Because <laughs> then they all had foam mattresses. Well, mine, my wife and I is the spring. The guy was, it doesn't stop him. You know why? Because there's no condemnation in his heart. When condemnation comes, fear comes. That is what fear of God is. It doesn't mean we can't love him. People make it look like, you know, we're supposed to love God. We don't obey him because we fear him. We obey him because we love him. It has no meaning to human beings. Listen, they said, love is a greater motivation of, of, for obedience than fear. It is not true. It's not true. Say, you, you, you don't want to break the heart of God. His heart will heal. What I don't want to break is my back. <laughs> what kind of thing are you telling me? I, you tell a five-year-old, I want to break that his heart. And the others understand that. Am I his wife? What is breaking his heart? That he will be so disappointed. It doesn't work. It's a lie. It doesn't work like that. God has given you the rod to instill the fear of God in them. It's called conditioning, operant conditioning. So by the time they are getting to 10, 12, your voice invokes that reaction. You don't need a rod anymore. But you apply it early. Some of you say, I don't know how to beat children. But I'm going to learn it. Otherwise, I don't have very rebellious kids in your house. I've seen children before. <laughs> that will say, stop that. <laughs> See all the children you are seeing? None of them. <laughs> Daddy will say, stop that. He said, are you serious? Hmm? All I need to just change my tone. Stop that. I've seen children say, hmm. <laughs> After I said stop that. Even though sometimes I used to see some children, eh, I wish that they would just donate them to me. <laughs> some children parents don't let your children embarrass you teach them good behavior when you're alone so that when you're outside when you're caught eye like this they say God has spoken <laughs> once he has spoken twice I've heard you'll be outside you see children throwing tantrums ask these children they've ne- none of my children I'm not lying God is my witness none of them ever threw tantrum twice their first tantrum was always the last I don't care how old you are that first tantrum is the last you are throwing. You throw it once, you don't get to do it the second time. First, what you are looking for, you can't get it. Why? It is, in, it is unlawful, it's unrighteous to reward bad behavior. A child, a child holds remote, you collect from him. They start thrashing the ground, you give it back to him to make him stop. You're a wicked soul. 
Let me tell you what I used to do to kids. Ask them. I'll put the remote there. I'll put you down here. Put you beside the remote. If you touch it at this, first I first flog you until you hate the sight of remote. You start crying. Then I flogged you, you stop crying. I've heard this both saying before that you can beat a child, can't turn to cry. It's not me that did that one. <laughs> you see, you can beat a child, you can't tell him not to cry. It's not Pastor Banky. I'll first flog you, you start crying. And I'll tell you that that cry stops in the next 30 seconds. I've seen my daughter one day begged me, Daddy, please. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> My cry is not letting me stop. I said, you will stop. I said, parents reward children who are throwing tantrums. I'm not lying to you. God is my witness. I can ask my wife. None of my children threw tantrums twice. Not one. That first one that I witnessed is the last one. Because you realize it doesn't get you anything. The thing you are asking for, I will not give you. Then for daring to disobey your mother when she said return the remote and make sure you hate the concept of, the, of disobedience. Tant- I don't you know, My kids growing up, they don't, what is children doing tantrum? They're like, wow, you guys are having fun in this house, you know. You're doing tantrum. Thank you. But this is, it doesn't make them, it makes them behave well. When you go to the bank one day, I saw one woman. The child was on the floor, trashing away. Because she collected maybe her phone from him. Oh, my shit. I was looking at the woman like this. You know what she said? Leave him. Once he's like this, he doesn't listen. Oh, my cardable saluda. The Bible says, he learned obedience to the things that he suffered. The Lord is good. I shall not speak for that. <laughs> Brethren, I fear God. That's why I'm saying all of these things. I fear him. I, I, I'm afraid to disobey him. One day I've forgotten what my wife said. I tell her to do something, not to do something one day she did it. She said fear came, that is, she was scared to go out until I came back. She was literal terror. No, no fear of me. Fear of God. Was as the Holy Spirit said, didn't you hear your husband say this? She, she, she told me herself that she became mortally afraid. Couldn't go out. I was like, when are you coming back? What is it? Please, I'm so sorry. What is all of this? She said, fear, not let her rest. It was as if God came and said, where are you? Where are you? Come and stay here. Please, I'm begging you, fear God. Let nobody come and preach this gospel that makes you feel so free. Feel so free. As if you can disobey him, not even we know he's a loving father. Look, it is love to correct him to good behavior. It is love. Discipline you properly. That little little thing, I don't want to see this state now. I'm not saying I'm perfect in child you know, raising, but look, one day I was in my house. We had a housekeeper. My children were young. She finished cooking. Then I happened to be passing. She now brought the food to the dining table. And children were watching television. I stood like this. You, come here. What are you trying to do to my children? They, you cooked, right? They are watching TV. That's not bad enough. That they are not there helping you in the kitchen. Then you serve the food. Then you are now bringing it one by one to the dining. 
to now come and call them. Dinner is served. I said, not in this house. Now return that food to the kitchen I'm looking at you. And go and tell them to walk to the kitchen and go and get their food. And when they finish, they should wash their plate. That day, I said, remember, I was alarmed. Like, what are you doing to my kids? That they are playing, that was, that thing was PS2. They were playing, you are there cooking. You didn't call them to come and hold this one, hold that. Then you finish cooking, then you served it and put it on the table. And you want to go and call them from where they are playing games? I employed you, Abby, to help me ruin my destiny. I said, lie, lie. I told her, don't do it again. In this house, you call the church to come and help you hold knife. Tell them to hold that plate. They will cut that onion for you. I'm raising responsible kids for goodness sake. If I'm thinking, it's, it's big man. It, <laughs> big man call. Big man raise useless children. The woman was surprised though. She thought we tell them maybe not big man children. They not <laughs> send children to school. They don't wash their own clothes. I said, and you are using your money to pay in a boarding house where the children are taught to be responsible about life. I just want to give them the best. You are an idiot. What did I call you? You, you know now. It's not you I'm talking to. The people I'm calling idiots, they know themselves. You need to carry your children to school where in the morning they are the ones that will sweep the front of their hostel. They will wash their own toilets. Tell you. As for their clothes, guaranteed, I then to go wash them. Go and check it. British royal family. They send all their men to the military. I'm sure that's the reason why they, they survived and the French people are cool. <laughs> yeah. It's things like that. Anyway, we're talking about the fear of God. Parents, just, just an aside, huh? just dropping that one for you. Don't use your, your, don't, don't use your money to teach your children how to be irresponsible. To teach them how, you know, when, when you see children walking, they, you know, they, they do like they are the children of poor people. You know, because they are, they are, they are, they are, they are rich, their father is rich. So when they, when they are cooking, they are playing games. Send them to school where somebody will wash their, you know, they deliver their clothes ironed in the morning. On Sunday evening, so they can read their book. So they can read. I said the rest of us did not read. I went to an Anglican boarding house when I was young. 5 a.m. Now would they begin cut grass? We still read though. Yeah, we we'll cut grass by 5 a.m. You don't know I went to boarding house. Now I don't believe in boarding house, but I went. Yeah, 5 a.m. They will ring back. Look. You will wake up. You go and line up. They will not measure portion for you. You know what? We see red book. We see the physics, chemistry, biology. Add math, math. What they call for that math? Now we used to call it additional mathematics. We carry, some people may portion from America. Let's not abuse Africa too much. I'll tell you. We will carry water on our heads. Carry this metal. Yeah, we used to call it pale. Put pale on your head. And we still read. We washed our own clothes. And we still read. And we still went to chapel. I can't join S. You can't catch people like us. Oh, God. I still remember those days. That S. U. senior will come. I, I don't know how he picked on some of us. I think the Holy Spirit. Look, we changed with many. Just tap me. Fellowship time. We now go to one corner. I still remember that day, Hamatan. 
the breeze. Look, Hamatan in Enugu is nothing compared to that. Nondo, not that Nondo like that. It's closer a bit up. Blows through like it penetrates your skin. Enter your boom. Come out on the other side. And we're children. This is the day that the Lord has made. That, that, don't sleep, don't sleep. I will rejoice. I'm serious. The guy will tell you not to sleep. They will start preaching Bible. They will now return you back to hostel by 6 a.m. To go and join the rest of the church for the day. And we still read book. Okay, let me leave that. I'm talking about the fear of God. The fear of God means to fear. The fear of God means to understand that if you do what is wrong, it won't go well with you. That's what it means. The fear of God means to understand that if you disobey him, an angel is waiting in front, going to where you're not supposed to go. Sharing money you're not supposed to share. There's one man ahead of, this man of God said, you know these people that go around raising money. There's something my wife says all the time. Say, is it that they don't fear God? That is it that they don't fear God? This man when finished telling lies in the name of the Lord. He didn't know that's what he was doing. He finished raising money. They gave him his court. I hope he knows his court business. Oh, his court business. One of my brothers organized a program. Invited the guest minister. That one said, I hope you know I take 30%. Yeah. He told him. He said, you know I take 30%. And I'm not going to count the money. I trust to give him my 30%. Because I back with a curse. Yes. Yes. Yes, when you see me preach the way I preach, you get why. He told him, I'm not counting it. I won't be there to count it. But I trust to deliver 30%. He said, because I placed a curse on whoever would deny me of my portion. My friend was in shock because he did not know it was court business. He didn't even know it was a money business. He, was just, he used to do outreaches. He said, this man is anointed. Let him come and preach for us. So he told the man, no problem. 30% of your court, no issue. He gave the guy a few, they called him back and said, for, because of unforeseen circumstances, we'll, we have canceled the program. We'll let you know of our new date. Unforeseen, but I didn't know you wanted to collect court. He told me I had printed posters. He has spent money on posters. He tore all of them. Yeah. This particular man, he finished one of those things. They gave him his court. He was driving away. The testimony ahead, ahead of him was that he said, he heard the Holy Spirit tell him, if you want to see your wife and your children again, go and give that money back. So the driver turned. The driver turned. He went back to the pastor and said, you can have the money. God told him straight, if you want to see your wife and your children again, take the money back. And don't think God doesn't kill. If he didn't take that money back, he won't see them again. Let me tell what God does. He will not give your wife to somebody better than you. Yeah, the children will be raised by a better father who's richer than your struggling soul. <laughs> who doesn't need to lie? He will make sure they don't miss you. you <laughs> they say, ah, that man was nice. They won't say daddy. <laughs> they forgot who you are. God has used <laughs> the glory of the latter to wipe away the memory of the former. Why? Because of stealing. Fear God. That's what I'm saying. Know that if you cheat somebody, defraud somebody, that money you use it to solve problems. And the problem as a rule will be four times more than the money you stole. Fear God. That's what I'm saying. You go and they, they, they put you on election tribunal. They give you money. You collect. No problem. For information, if you're a Christian, 
Even if you ruled rightly, you know, this kind of, you, you, no, I won't let their money even disturb me. I know what is right. That's what I'm going to do. Well, you've forgotten one thing. When you have taken money, you lose your brain. You think you are doing right. Don't know where I get my point. A bribe, the Bible says, blinds the eyes of the wise. He removes their wisdom. You will still think you are doing right, but you won't know it's because of the money you collected. But let's even assume you're able to do it because it doesn't matter. If you use that money to build a house, I will break it down and break the one you did not use solo money to, 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 to build. Do you get my point? Like, assuming I have two houses. I built one before I entered Electron Tribunal. I did not, the man who won, I still confirmed as a winner. Well, they gave me 100 million I collected. And now built another house. God said, I will, build the, I will break down the house you just built. Then I will go to the one you built with honest money and break it too. That you may know that I am God. Please, I can't seem to leave this matter. This preaching that makes us look like God is so nice is of the devil. No, the devil likes it like that. Because he entrenches the people of God in disobedience. The devil likes it like that. I was, no, I went to all of that trying to say something. Some of the things I have learned. I've not, I've not finished. Parents, let me tell you something. One of the reasons why God helped me with prayer, self-control, everything, I tried to live straight, is because of my children. I'm telling you, I don't want the spirit of madness to enter my children. I don't want to hear my son went to school and joined the cult. The courting spirit comes from parents. It doesn't come from the children. Do you hear what I said? Yes, sir. See, let me tell you. In this life, go and read my book, Someone is Controlling You. You get my point. It is not what you are, what you are deciding on. They are deciding what you do. There are so many forces around. Do you know I found out? Okay, please read my book, Worship and Self Control. I explained inside it. Yes, I know Amnon had a problem. A personal problem. But Amnon's issue hmm, was beyond his personal problem. Amnon's issue was that David took Uriah's wife and killed Uriah. And God said, I won't let this go unpunished. That was Amnon's issue. So a spirit, when he was lost after his own half-sister, it was not normal. It was an evil spirit that possessed his soul. That evil spirit said, of all the girls in Israel, this is the one you will love. The evil spirit said, that's how it's going to be. Amnon could... Now, please, let me explain what I'm saying. You could not speak Amnon out of it. It was impossible. You, you couldn't. You couldn't. When I see university lecturers, pastors, doing some of these sexual immorality they do, I say, you don't get my point. It is not about you. Some of your children will never succeed in life until they remove your name from their heritage. You don't understand. Amnon couldn't help it. People don't understand. We say David. Ah, David was soft. David had to be soft because he knew he was the problem. When Absalom rebelled, of course, you know the story. Absalom first went and killed Amnon. After Absalom killed Amnon, he ran away. Then he persuaded Joab to speak on his behalf to bring him back to his father. And then he plotted to dethrone his father and establish himself as king in Israel. And they were going to kill David. I hope you understand. Yes. You know now. Yes. No, go and read the counsel of Haithophel. Yes. They had to fall on David. As long as he was alive, he was a threat. 
Yet David, when the war broke out, David looked at um, Joab and said, Deal kindly. Lad, for my sake. Why? He knew he was a problem. That the boy didn't do anything. He said, I'm the one rebelling against myself. That's why he said, Oh, Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son, would that I have died instead of you. Because Absalom was not the sinner. David was. That's why he understood it. He just sat down there like, ah, how long will this judgment be? God said, until you hate the idea of, dis- of disobeying me. Until everyone who reads this story is afraid. Until those who hear the story from outside, we know that I don't take nonsense because they are my people. The guy sat down and bought the judgment. Say, paradventure, he will have mercy. Then one day God said, it is enough. Now console David. Now give him Solomon in consolation. That's why I'm telling you. So if, I'm not, God please, I'm giving you the glory and all of that. But for me, it's not about, uh, mm, uh, you know, live right, you know, we can go to heaven. Leave heaven out of this thing. No? I don't want to suffer on the earth and I don't want my children to suffer needlessly. I want a blessing to be what is surrounding them. Let them have the spirit of self-control. Ah. Parents, they don't get it. No, I've told you, this grace gospel will preach. Eh? If you're a pastor, you have to stop. I don't care whether you understand or not. Better shut down your mouth and stop lying to people. Let them know. The soul that sins, it shall die. I tell you that to, to let us look, know that we should fear God. Why? That's what distinguishes us. It's his statutes, his judgments, his commandments. Those are the things that distinguish us. And I was saying to us, walking by God's wisdom is not a scientific thing. It's a release of the power of God. It's God's power that we are releasing. First Corinthians, let's read. From chapter 1, he said, from verse 18, chapter 1 from verse 18. He said, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Please, that's very heavy. And we'll explain it as we go on. Because the principal wisdom which we walk by is what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. New Living Translation says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Please notice that. I will frustrate it. Where is a wise man? Where is a scribe? That is a learned person. Where is the debater of this age? The philosopher. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God... The world, through his own wisdom, did not come to know God. That is, God says, by following their own wisdom, they will never discover me. That's what God has decided. What was God's decision? The Bible says he was well pleased through the foolish, he was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. The scientists Search for 
scientific proof and laboratory evidence. 23. Instead, what do we do, we believers? We preach Christ crucified. To Jews, this is a stumbling block. And to Gentiles, it is foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. That is, it is through Christ that God's power is released and in Christ is his wisdom manifested. He said, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. He now said, for consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. So the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Now let me just read a few more verses. And when I came to you, brethren, he said, I did not come to you with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on what? The power of God. I said earlier that the wisdom of God we are dealing with is not scientific. It is not two plus two. I've heard people say it before. That you see, God's wisdom, they realize that, <laughs> this is the funniest of them. I've heard different ones. That when Daniel, Shadrach, that's Daniel, I like their Hebrew names. Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. When they refused to eat the meat from the king's table, now we have discovered that the fat in the animals and the, they clog the arteries going to the brain. And then that reduces the perfusion into the cerebral cortex. So the mentation of those little boys will have been negatively affected if they had eaten the Babylonian diet. You see, that's what happens when people think that the other people, those people of those days were foolish. And it's now you are learning wisdom. Let me tell you, those guys were wise. They researched that diet. I hope you're getting my point. Until they found it to be the best to raise young people. And based upon feeding people that diet, they had raised Babylon the Great. I don't know whether you're getting my point. So don't come and 4,000 years later be telling one silly story of cholesterol and triglycerides that the boys did not know about. Leave that. And even if you were right, is it in 10 days? Okay, what's inside the vegetables? Because they were eating beans and amaranthus. And that's the one that now made them very smart. Listen, those guys did not get their wisdom by natural explanation any more than the, uh, Daniel was delivered from the lion's den because he was a lion whisperer. Or 
Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah knew how to blow the flame out. And they go into the flame. They speak to the flame. Blow from that side. The flame now died. Listen. The same power that delivered them from the flames. I hope you're getting my point. Is the same power that delivered Daniel. Is the same power that gave them wisdom. Is that same power that made them ten times better than the other people. It wasn't uh, anything inside the food. It was the fear and the love of God that was inside them that activated the power of God in their lives. That is why it's called foolish. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That's why it is foolish. Don't bring natural wisdom out of the wisdom of God. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You don't bring natural wisdom out of the wisdom of God. People want that is one. I, I told that I went through that phase too. Until God let me know, if I can leave that thing. If I tell you, sow in the land. Let no because when I bless you later, let nobody say, ah, you knew how to read the financial climate. You knew what was coming up ahead. Ah, this guy, you didn't tell us now that you knew how to check the NPR. I don't know what NPR is actually. I just know I see it in newspapers. What's NPR? Monetary policy, something, something, something. Okay. I see in the papers, you know. I learned, I learned not to worry. My, you, know, you know everything you must learn. So, some of these are your say NPR, interest rate, uh, something index. <laughs> so, you learn how to read the NPR and connect it with the the inflation for last year and the projections of the inflation for next year and the release of fuel from Dangote refinery and uh, all that nonsense. You know why they are asking you now? Because God has now blessed you. When Isaac was sown in the land, there was no wisdom. There was no human wisdom. The soundest of human wisdom that time dictated that Isaac should leave Gera and go to Egypt. But the word of the Lord came to Isaac saying, don't go to Egypt, sow in the land. Because he obeyed the word of God. That's what is called wisdom. I've said, see, wisdom is the unlocking of divine power. It's not a reasonable explanation for what God is doing. Did you hear what I said? It is the unlocking of God's power. And it is typically foolish. I said it last time. It's typically foolish. It is typically foolish when you want to reason. Let, let me give you an example. God gave Israel a law that they never kept. It's part of the laws of Sabbath. You know, Sabbath has many laws. Or there were many Sabbaths. Many people don't know that. Now, can I digress? You know, we just educate ourselves to so learn many things along the line. When did Jesus Christ die? Friday, they say, and rose up when? On Sunday, which was what? Two days and two nights. That doesn't fly. Jesus made it clear that, you know, people will tell later that if you said three days, they will reason it the way they are reasoning it. He said it's going to be what? Three days and three nights. He was definite about it. So if Jesus died on Friday and rose again on Sunday, the way we say in Easter, he died for, he was in the grave for how many days? Two days and two nights. Well, it was three. Analysis, I've read many commentaries on it, and I've come to accept that he died on Wednesday and rose up on Saturday, but he was seen on Sunday. All right? If you use our, day, our current day of counting, method of counting days. But that's not what I want to discuss. What I want to discuss is what caused the confusion. What caused the confusion is because now, I didn't, bother to, I didn't plan to say this, so I won't give you the facts now. But some gospels will tell you that it was preparation before Sabbath. That's when it was crucified. That's how it is. All right? Yeah. Preparation before Sabbath. So we just assume that Sabbath is what? Saturday. Then they went a day after Sabbath. They went to the place 
and then he, they saw that he was not there. So we assume he died on Friday. But actually, that Sabbath was any day Israel had a major um, yeah, feast. I'm looking for another word for that. Feast, but what's another name for it? Festival. Let's just use a festival. It was a Sabbath. So remember he was crucified on what day? No, what, what's festival? Passover. So the day before that, you know, the Jews count their days from evening. So, they had to rush for the preparation. So, if you read some commentaries, they will explain that it's a high Sabbath. It was a high Sabbath. So, Israel had many Sabbaths. That's why I'm just trusting that one in to you know, make you think. Alright? They had many Sabbaths. So, that week, there were two Sabbaths. There was the one for Passover, and then there was a regular Sabbath. So, that's why they went after Sabbath. And the number of these had passed. Alright? But that's, the, the point I want to make is that they had many Sabbaths. So you saw the high Sabbath, there was a regular Sabbath. And then there was the yearly Sabbath. When I say the year Sabbath, let me not say yearly, the year Sabbath, in which you were supposed to cultivate your fields for six years and then let the land be fallow in the seventh year. That's one thing they never did. The regular Sabbath they gave. The high Sabbath, they traveled and did what they were supposed to do. But the Sabbath for years, the guys did not do it. Too. I can let them also farm for one whole year. Now let me explain something to you. When God gave them manna, there was no scientific explanation for manna. He now said on Sabbath, the Sabbath day, you will not go out to get manna. I hope you get my point. But on Friday, you will gather enough to last two days. He said maybe more fell. That's possible. But normal manner uh, before then lasted only one day. After that, worms grew in it. But this one wouldn't grow warm. It won't grow worms. Why? It was supernatural. It was supernatural. So what God was going to do for them, now this is what I believe. The first year you will obey the, yearly, the seventh year Sabbath. There will be nothing special. The sixth year you probably harvest the same amount as the fifth year. Then the seventh year you will can I use the word manage yourself? Why? Because the Lord is testing you to see whether you will obey him. If you pass that first test, you know what he will do? Because his promise was that in the sixth year, you will harvest enough to compensate for no agriculture, no fields, of course, because you won't kill off your animals, but no fields sowing in the seventh year. Do you get my point? So that will keep you until the eighth year. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what God has planned. But I can assure you of one thing. The first six, the, 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 the first um, year six, the harvest will have been normal. Trust me. But he gave a promise. You know what I want to tell you? He won't fulfill it that first time. Not like he forgot to. That, are you following what I'm saying? Zeroth year will begin. Sixth year. We're supposed to have double. Plenty harvest to keep us you know, this one's supposed to last us the next year, but then what we now use for the harvest of the seventh year? This one will last. But I'm telling you that that first 60 year, nothing special will have happened. And that's why I suspect they didn't do it the next time. And by the time they missed it twice, there was no reason to do it the third time. By the third, fourth time, it had become a habit that we don't obey it. Now you're going to say, why would God do that? Because he said, I first make you hungry, then I feed you with manna. 
That is what God would have wanted to do is that she, we have gone through all of this together. They say yes. All right, fine. Now they should know me by now. So in the sixth year, don't get any special harvest. Let him obey simply because I said so. If they had done that, they probably would have struggled a bit. It's normal. It's called making them hungry before feeding them with manna. They will struggle a bit. Don't expect that when you reject a bribe, you suddenly get a breakthrough. No. That rent won't get paid. I don't know whether you are catching what I'm saying. Don't assume that when you do what is right, suddenly God will just shine. Ha, 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 ha. My son, my daughter, that was good. Now let me bless you. I lie. Like, like our friends, they go do as if he forgot. I didn't notice. So, Lord, Jesus, I didn't take that bribe. Say, so, uh, you didn't. Ah, I said, you didn't, you, you didn't notice. Okay, yeah, you didn't take it. Yes, I didn't take it. Yeah, that's good. You can go. Ah, uh, Lord, I didn't take the bribe now. He said, okay, I heard now. You didn't take the bribe. What do you now want me to do? Okay, I was just thinking that maybe you consider that, uh, that I didn't take the bribe and I need the money. And if for, so, for your sake, I didn't take the bribe. For your sake, oh Lord. For your sake, Lord. Lord say, okay, go and take it. Ah, how can you say that kind of thing now? So what do you want me to say now? I bless somebody now. <laughs> so I've not blessed you enough currently. I was just thinking that maybe you just consider to just increase it because I needed that money, 500k, and those guys are offering 1 million. Okay, just give me 600. Because I've not given you. Go home. So it's a God of breakthrough. It's going to break through. I lie. Landlord will tell you next day, pack. You know what God is trying to check? Will you be angry that you obeyed righteousness? That's what he's checking. He just wants to check. Will you go and pray? See, that's the problem in this country. That's the problem. Isn't the Bible like that? Those who depart from evil, they make themselves a prey. And God is not doing anything. It is vain that we have walked uprightly and that we have humbly, walked humbly before the Lord. Is that your Bible? Yes. Where? Malachi. Because I'm testing those who love righteousness. I want the Christians to understand. Righteousness does not pay. What did I say? Yeah, you look at how, how they are whispering it. Okay. This year is your year of breakthrough. What did I say? <laughs> shame, shame, not greed and talk. <laughs> Let me say what I say. Righteousness does not, does not pay. What did I say? Thank you. Not meant to pay. It's meant to be righteous. Did you get my point? You washed your shirt, ironed it nicely, and you left the house. Did anybody dash your money? You wash your clothes, ironed it nicely, and you left your house. Did anybody dash? You say, "Come on, you're looking good today. Here is ten thousand naira." Have you seen that before? Doesn't happen. Then what do you do tomorrow? You do it again. Why? You're a neat person at heart. You're not a pig. Cleanliness is your nature. So I can assure you of one thing. God would not have multiplied anything for them the first year six. But if they obeyed it and they struggled that seventh, of course, into the seventh, that's the end of the seventh year now, there's no fresh harvest, into the beginning of the eighth year, and they manage themselves. How do we do when things are a bit lean like this? Oh boy, that's your best day. This time around, we won't do the way we used to do it. We'll do it small. There's no money. You know, God said we shouldn't farm last year, so we didn't. Then those who were not maybe farmers, they were doing other businesses, God will see them share the money they have. Because some will have flocks, and they didn't kill off their flock. Do you follow my point? Some will be, you know, business people. 
They went from far, traded. Oh, they brought some things into town, they shared. And God watched them manage as a nation that first seventh year into the eighth year. You know what happened? They may have to do it a second time. When he has seen that they are resolute, let me tell you what he will do. He promised them the sixth year that the harvest will be plenty. That's not what he will have done. He will have multiplied the harvest in the sixth year and the fifth year and the fourth year until the time will come. They won't even know why they are farming every other year. I don't know whether you're catching my point. They will have so much that to obey Sabbath will be nothing. In fact, they will be looking forward to the Sabbath and say, boy, I don't tire. Next year, everybody rest. But he wouldn't do that until they would have obeyed, listen, the wisdom of God and by it release the power of God. There will never be any scientific explanation. Where am I going? That they had a year of Sabbath was wisdom. There's no scientific explanation for it. It was just something that will mark them out as a nation. Do you get what I'm going to say? And let me tell you something there. Eh? In this life as a Christian, you must have some sabbatical attitudes that people will know. I'm telling you. There are things that just everybody's hosting to do something. Say, I know they do. Why? And can, some of them are very legitimate too. I know one man who he, ne- he never will invest in the stock market. I'm not saying it's bad. just didn't believe in it. One of our brothers said, I said, this company, what do you think about them? He invests in the stock market. He said, I won't buy their shares. I said, why? He said, the way they make money doesn't agree with my soul. But the money is good, though. And they're in the Nigerian stock market. Stock exchange, you can buy. I know some brethren in those days, they said they do contracts, but we don't do government contracts. Why? They said, look, that." The principles by which you have to interact with government officials, that it defiles their their faith, their way of doing things. That I can't be begging. I can't be every time I come to see you, you are looking at me, and I'm you are looking at me too. I'm looking at you, and if I don't give you now, you won't see me as righteous. You see me as stingy. You know, there's a way in which you're not giving the money because you want to bribe somebody, but they've so looked at you. The way they will look at you, it's not out of. You're not trying to be. You're not trying to bribe anybody. So, so I saw these brothers. They said no, that they can't do business like that. So they only deal with corporate bodies, with individuals. And if you look at me too much, I will tell your boss, and they will sack you. And all of us know. So we can do business like normal people. I'm talking about what? Sabbath. Sometimes Christians will gather and say, hey, you see, uh, sometimes we rationalize the way. Well, fine. I'm not saying you can rationalize the way participation in some things. But just know it's not your Sabbath. And listen, in life as Christians, you will have Sabbath in one area. You must have. You must have. You must have. There will be things in your life that you do or don't do. And the only explanation is it doesn't please God or it pleases God. How do you shut down a whole nation's you know, agriculture, the land agriculture, for a whole year? And the neighboring nation will be like, excuse me, this land is lying fallow. Now, this is what some people now say. You see, it was the opportunity for the land um, to regenerate, you know, because, listen, manure can do that. Thing. Don't speak English. We can use manure. After harvest, we bring all the cows. Cows, we are not go people for there. When the cows go over the land and dump their dung and we come and plow it, trust me, the land is back. 
this generation, do people do people do Sabbath land? Technology will have all kinds of the you know, NPK, urea, all kinds of things to pump into the earth. And the earth will wake up and yield its increase. It was not for absence of technology. God needed to prove. Because let me say something to you. With all your technology, the grapes you have now hmm, is less than a quarter of the size of the ones they used to have. You know grapes? Okay, think about it. You know banana? You know the banana you, eh, you just feel it like you hold it like this. If it was them farming banana that time, eh, the banana would be like your plantain now, and your plantain would be like your yam. You know your plantain? Do you know it? See, this yam we are eating, eh? I will say this to shock you. It's yam of poverty. It's not blessed. Real blessed yam should be three times this size. Now, take that thing home, what I've told you. See this banana you carry like this? Somebody running with one banana inside traffic. When those guys entered the promised land, one man couldn't carry grape inside traffic. Those guys, two men put a bunch of grapes in between them. And that was land that God prepared for them to go and take. It was land he prepared for them to take. If they are sustained, see, technology cannot give you what God planned. Look, I'm reviewing the book, um, uh, Grace to Prosper. You should be God helping me. I'm really, in fact, I'm trying to spend time on it so that I can get it out as soon as possible. Christians need to go and learn the grace of prosperity. If you obey the wisdom of God, eh, what he brings cannot be... Ex- now, after a while, it will be normal in your life. They think it's scientific, scientifically provable. But it's not. Where I'm going is that what those guys will have had for obeying Sabbath on a regular basis, technology can't give you. It can't explain it. You know, some people look at this earth and say very soon population will be too much on this earth. I say it's because we are cursed. I say not me, not you, but human race. All this noise of our population is cursed. Because right now, a huge chunk of the land on this earth is useless. Either the mountain is too high, or the valley is too low, or it is too dry, and that's the major part. Do you know the amount of land that we have in the, what do you call that place? That's the Sahel, whatever it is. You know Sahara does that? That expanse of land is not the will of God. That land is supposed to bear fruit. United States, with all the food they produce, they still have huge swaths of deserts that produce nothing apart from dangerous snakes, which are not edible. See, let me tell you the truth. This essay is not even near being overpopulated. Now, I'm about to finish my message, but I need to keep on educating. Let them not deceive you. Hmm? Ah, okay. Can I digress more? One American legislator quizzed some campaigners. I saw it recently. Campaigning. You no. Know, we have to switch, switch away from fossil fuels to renewables because of carbon dioxide emission. The, the, the carbon footprint is too much. Carbon dioxide level is too much in the atmosphere. It's causing warming. So he asked all of them, what's the percentage of our atmosphere that's carbon dioxide? And these are the guys who came to speak. Oh. Say, you, what do you think? One said 4%. So the other one, they are like 5 to 7. The fourth guy said, I go for the higher level, like 8%. The man answered them, said, no, it's 0.04%. The campaigners did not even know. Say, are you aware that if we drop to 0.02, plants begin to die? I didn't even know that. That we're on 0.04%, and if we dare drop it to 0.02, if by one stroke of technology, 
our plants will begin to die off. They were keeping quiet. I laughed. You know the truth? The ocean is a massive carbon dioxide buffer. You can't saturate it. You can't. All this noise we are making is noise. If God decides he wants to belch carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, he knows what to do. He wants to draw everything away, he knows what to do. What am I trying to say? This earth, you have, have not filled it yet. The problem we have on this earth is that we are going against the wisdom of God. That's what, that's what I'm going. We are not thankful in what we do. That's, that's the problem of this earth. I started by saying this wisdom of God is not scientific. If you obey God, you won't know, will know how it happened. I mean, as of now, there's no way of changing the climate. Do you, know, do you have any scientific way of changing the climate? I'm not saying the weather, the climate. It doesn't exist. But you know, God will just speak a word, climate will change. You know that. If I tell you this, it surprise many people. Do you know Europe used to be warm? This Europe you have. They used to grow tropical fruits. Do you know why Greenland is called Greenland? When Eric the Red got there, it was green. Now it's white land. See, I'm telling you, disobedience to God is what is killing this earth. It's not a motor car you are driving. Disobedience to God is what is turning this earth upside down. It's why you have natural disasters. It's not global warming. It's because they annoy God all the time. He pronounces judgment against them. It is not because of global warming. People don't know that. I hope you know. The arguments they use now for global warming were the same arguments used in the late 60s and early 70s to explain global cooling. Because the earth was freezing over that time. The winters were so long and so cold. They said, are we heading for a new ice age? What am I trying to say? See, the wisdom of God is not a scientific derivation. If people start worshipping God, and doing what they are supposed to do, you will be amazed at how he will cause increase to come out of their land. And that's what I'm telling you. God will first test you with leanness. When you start doing business, he will teach you some levels of things you can't do and things that you must do. For example, generosity must be your portion. It doesn't care whether you are breaking through or not breaking through. You must be generous. You can't cheat people, no matter how hungry you are. And when you first start doing these things, that's the point I'm making. It will make no sense. But what God is saying is, that's the first year six test. You will get nothing for righteousness. But continue to obey the wisdom of God. I will make, now this is a prophetic word, I will make the earth yield its increase for you. Yeah, that's it. That's the word of God I've given you. God says, continue to obey the wisdom of God. And the time will come I will make the earth so yield this increase for you. It will not only be in the sixth year you will harvest double. As soon as you plant again, double from day one. That is the harvest for you in year five will be able to carry you over to the eighth year if you did not even farm anymore. When God wanted to bless Egypt under Joseph, remember that seven years? The man was storing grain as if it was sand. God knew what he was doing. He was preparing something. But what I wanted to bear in mind is that it was God that did it. It was not natural fertility of the soil. It was not agricultural you know, ingenuity. It was sudden. It was massive. Those guys would go to their field. Where they used to harvest one bushel, they would find three bushels. 
And they'll be like, ah, what is going on? They have so much. Now, next point. It was so plenty. It could stretch for seven years afterwards. And God gave this young man technology to store grain without the thing decaying, without weevils, pests destroying it. What am I saying to you? Listen. What will mark you and I out, first of all, which is what I've managed to get into us now, is that wisdom we are operating by, not the results we are getting. That's the first thing. But secondly, God says, obey the wisdom. There will be no calculation. I like the way the prophet said, you will not see rain. You won't see what? Wind. You won't see dew. Yet, the, the valley will be full of water. It will be filled with water. That is, it will happen, you will look and say, who begat me all these children? That's what the wisdom of God does. Listen, what's the wisdom of God? Please listen to my series, Cooperating with the Seasons of Life's Adventures. It's what they call wisdom for salvation. Wisdom of God, we'll talk about Christ as the wisdom of God later. But bear something in mind. God starts giving you specific instructions concerning how you are to live your life. I need to say this. Everybody's running to Egypt. You don't have to go to Egypt. It doesn't mean Egypt is bad. But it just means Isaac. You can't go. Do you get my point? It does not mean Egypt is bad, though. You see, sometimes when you are talking to people, they think that you are saying Egypt is bad. Nobody said Egypt is bad. But if my name is Isaac, there's an instruction that comes to me from above, saying, sow in this land that I planted you inside. And let me tell you something. Isaac did not sow in that land because he knows that my God can do anything. He sowed in the land because God said so. If obeying God does not satisfy you, you will never break through. Listen. Because what happens is that you easily get discouraged. And so you miss, you miss adding patience to your faith. What produces results is faith with what? Patience. Like I said last time, you are careful not to get weary of doing what is right. Are you, are you catching what I'm saying? So that is why obeying God must satisfy you. Do you know what I said? It's not the results. You know, you know the gospel of results. No, I don't believe in it. This gospel of where's the results, show it. No, I don't owe you results. It's where's the scripture. If they behead me, financially speaking now, because I obey the word of God, it's still right. If it is, look, the standard for right or wrong is what God said. Not the experience we have. That's the meaning of eating of the tree of life rather than eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. To eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil means I judge my life based on past experience. I don't know whether you are catching my point. That is, instead of judging it by what God is saying, I judge it based on the results I got by what I did before, naturally speaking. I hope you are getting my point. So when somebody said, show me results, don't ever listen to anybody. Show me scriptures. Say, what did Jesus say? Faith does not mean I will always get this result you are saying. Faith means that that's what God said, I've obeyed it. Some people obeyed faith, they, they beheaded them. Is it a lie? They obeyed the gospel, the faith of the gospel. What did they get for them? Beheaded. So faith is not determined by which result I got. You know, I mean, listen, let me just say something. Some of us have. Now, please get me here. Yeah? I'm not saying I'm a prophet. Do you hear what I said? But I'm a prophet in a manner in which Abraham was a prophet. You know, Abraham was a prophet. The Bible calls him, God called him a prophet. Twice he called him a prophet that I remember. Touch not my anointed. And do what? Do my prophet. He was talking about Abraham and Co. 
They only spoke to Abimelech. What did he tell him? Let him pray for you because he's a prophet. Good. So what I'm telling you is the word of that kind of prophet. I'm not saying I saw a vision. But I can feel the mind of the spirit. And that's what I'm uttering. The time to judge that nonsense has come. In which you either I give money and I, that when I give money I must collect back before I know that the word is working. God is tired. The spirit has come against it. If you heard this too bad for you. When I say too bad for you, what I mean is this. Where you used to sow seed before and you brought in a harvest, it will stop working from now. I'm not the prophet of Dumu. I'm a prophet of righteousness. Did you catch what I said? Now, what God is driving into the hearts of the people of God is, learn to enjoy righteousness and derive satisfaction from the fact that you have pleased God. Why? Until it gets to that point, the great harvest is bringing, you can't hold it. Anyone that testifies that, you know what your friend says, I'm a product of seed. I said, you know, Dean Woke is about to faint again. <laughs> no, when Dean Woke hears some things here. Sorry, before Kingdom was, were you living in a cave? <laughs> you know what I called him? Nathaniel. The true Israelite indeed. In whom there is no guy. When he hears of bad things people are doing, he says, Pastor, is it in church? Or are you sure? Or in APC headquarters? <laughs> <laughs> they said, no, where I am today is because of, of, the audience, of the offerings I've given and all the tithes I've given. Now, this is what I want to tell you the Spirit is saying. Please stop saying that thing. What did I say? If you continue to say it, the real harvest that is coming, you won't participate. Because you will see what the Bible says here. He said, let me just read it and I close with it. Ah, look at my time. Verse 30. He said, but of his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. Who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Now you see what he said earlier. Go to verse um, 22. He said, verse 23, we preach Christ crucified. That's verse 23. I'm looking for a particular scripture. Just around there. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the place 23. But we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, what are we preaching? Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. What am I saying? If you have boasts in anything else, apart from what God has done for you in Christ, even though you think you are using spiritual wisdom, you are denying the blessing that God wants to reign in abundance upon these people. Did you hear what I said? Your boast must only be in what? In Christ. That this, I'm a product of seed. I've given this, stop saying it. What did I say? Say, touch your neighbor. Say, stop saying it. Say, it is time. Say to them, it is time to receive a blessing that comes from Christ alone. Turn to another person. Say the same thing. Turn to another person. Say the same thing. Later on, we'll talk about it. That's what we mean by Christ being the wisdom of God. That is anything you get, you know, is for one reason. What God has done for you in whom? 
in Christ. Let's bow down here and give the Lord thanks for today. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your word.